Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. We're back, and uh, we do have a line available. Number to call 602-277-5827 for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Uh, get back to the phones. Nicole and Buckeye. Hi, Nicole. Hi, good morning. Um, I was wondering, I planted an um, orange tree, a regular navel orange tree, about six years ago, and it's never even bloomed. We have irrigation out here, and I planted a peach tree at the same time, and it's doing great. So do you have any ideas on why that one? Nicole, how much is your orange tree grown? (laughs) Not much. It's actually taken off more the last year. And Mm -hmm. right now it looks pretty and green, um, but it grows weird and funny. And I try to trim it, Um, but it really hasn't grown much at all. I'd say um, in height, a couple feet, but that's only a, a few branches that have gone up. We know, Nicole, oranges uh, are going to grow, navel oranges especially grow slow compared to all other citrus because a good navel orange is going to be on a sour orange rootstock or a slower growing rootstock. So it's going to be a slower tree. How do you water it? Okay. Um, Just with the irrigation. Flood flood irrigation only? Yes. Salty water in our well. Okay. So your, your, your irrigation water is better than your well water? Yes. Okay. Um, and, but you know what will happen is that the irrigation water will displace that salty well water, too. So you're flood irrigating okay. where the tree's at? Yes. And you're watering like once every two weeks? Correct. I would do this. I would get some soil sulfur, okay? Okay. And put down probably about a pound or two of soil sulfur around the tree. And okay. go ahead and then fertilize it with regular citrus food. And you could do that mm-hmm. right now. And then water once in between irrigations for the rest of the summer. With your salty water. Okay. Okay. So your water's probably not so salty that the irrigation won't uh, displace it. And that's the nice part about having flood irrigation. It will push it down away. But I think if you keep it wetter and fertilize it more, it'll grow faster. But navels are are slow, you know. And uh, the difference between your navel and your your stone fruit is the stone fruit will last 15 years. The navel can last 100. Of course, nobody cares (laughs) what a tree is going to do in 60 years, at least not so much. So the okay, reality great. is that poor little navel, you just have to, to baby it and kind of push it along. And, you know, okay, if you started with a small you. tree, you know, it just takes a long time. We're going to plant a, a grove of some caracara navels. And, um, you know, I'm really planting those for my children. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> but, okay, uh, that makes sense. But they are going to be wonderful trees that someday we'll have a nice crop. But it'll, it'll take us to get into production, you know, on, on navel oranges about four or five years. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, Nicole. Bye-bye. Becky in Phoenix. Good morning, Becky. Good morning. I have an Aleppo pine. uh, It's about 25 foot tall, 10 years old. Last year, we had some burn on the very top, west facing. It um, did well all year, a lot of new growth. Now, this year, in the past two to three weeks, I'm seeing brown burned sporadically, you know, maybe in the middle of a limb, not on the tips necessarily, but throughout the tree. How how are you watering your tree? Well, we have irrigation, uh, you know, once every month and 
the winter now every two weeks. Okay. And I do put the hose on it. Um, when it's hot like this, I ran it the other day for probably three or four hours. Um, I don't have a regular, uh, you know, cycle on the watering. I think it just depends. Well, on that's fine. But Becky, when it gets the flood irrigation, does it get a pretty good deep irrigation, like five or six inches of water? You know, yes, but it's planted uh, maybe two or three inches higher than the grass. It's more up on a berm, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know how much it gets because I don't know what's the root length. Well, on if it's been like there that. for twenty years, it's getting water. Okay. Okay. About maybe I, ten years, let's say. Well, even okay. ten years, it's probably rooted yeah. out pretty well in the water. Um, you know, and you really, you know, it wouldn't be bad to water once extra right now, you know, pretty heavy, but shouldn't need that. It might be that it had some, you know, aphids and things up there this, this spring. And then what mm-hmm. you're seeing is the needles that are drying that were damaged this spring. So what you might want to do with it is next year, use a systemic insecticide on it in February. Okay. And put that okay. in the lawn, just wherever the tree's roots are going, you know, around the lawn. And it'll just go right down with mm-hmm. the irrigation. And it'll go up and knock out the aphids. And really not a whole lot to do about fertilizing a pine or anything this time of year. Um, okay, okay. The only thing Other that you can that. really do that really helps them if <laughs> yeah. if you had a high-pressure sprayer and you wanted to spray some chelated iron and, and maybe a little bit of manganese on it, on the foliage, you could okay. do that. But that's going to be pretty hard to do, and it's probably not 100% necessary. Okay. I I had some concerns um, about, I think it was two years ago, I brought in some pictures on Glendale, and um, it was... Uh, the bark looked like it was peeling, and he said, "It's one, two things: you're either watering it too much or not enough." So I was watering it too much. <laughs> I know well, that I was doing yeah, it that, that probably is not the case, <laughs> Becky. You know, usually when they're going to have some bark problems is when they're younger and they get trimmed up and they get a lot of sun that hits the wood. You know, and sometimes mm-hmm. that can cause some bark problems for pine trees, and they'll even come okay. through and bleed some sap out sometimes whenever that they and, get damaged. I had that, yes. Okay. Yeah. So that probably just was from being pruned and having the sun hit the wood, but uh, they'll mm-hmm. typically recover pretty well. I mean, Aleppo or Alderica pines, either one, are both pretty hardy. Okay. No, I appreciate your help. Oh, thank you, Becky. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Bye. Uh, Hector out in Sun City is up next, and uh, we've got a couple open lines. A number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Hector. Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? Oh, enjoying the weather here in this office. It's got about 70 degrees in here. It's really nice. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, I planted some watermelons, and uh, last Thursday I had four um, cantaloupe-sized watermelons and I watered them really good on Thursday morning. Uh, by Friday evening, two of them had bursted open. Well, um, that that it, tells me that they probably Hector got too dry before. Okay, and then they yes, stopped sir. growing, and then then you got that good water, and, and they they kicked in, and really you know, and they split. But, you know what's really important with when we're growing crops like that, especially in the heat of the summer like this, is being very consistent with our watering. You know, and in a farm area, it might be, you know, twice a week would be, you know, flood irrigating, depending on the soil type. Now, in Sun City, you've got pretty heavy clay soil, so it'll hold a lot more water than most people's will. But uh, I think if you'll just stay consistent on your water and fertilizer, you shouldn't have too much problem like that. Okay, I have two left, and they're about um, a little bit bigger than a grapefruit. Mm-hmm. 
how do I start watering them? Do I water them in the morning or do I water them late it, it, evening? It's so, not going to really matter when you water them, Hector. It's just going to be a matter of being consistent. Are, are the vines growing pretty fast? Do you have a lot of blooms? Yes, well, not very many blooms, but I got vines. I didn't know they vined out that big. They vined out everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, they'll get big and, and big, healthy vines like that. So there's no reason, as long as you don't have white flies, your watermelons can keep producing all summer long. So, oh, okay. So, I mean, don't okay. give up on the watermelons just because we're past the 4th of July. I mean, that's that's always when we grow a commercial crop. What we're aiming for is the 4th of July. But um, there's oh. no reason you can't continue to have melons as long as you don't have white flies. Okay, yes, yeah, so no white flies at all. So I just continue to, should I water them like, once every two weeks or no, twice no, every no. Week? They're going to be a lot more than that, Hector. I, I would say a minimum of once a week. Okay, so minimum once a week. Yeah, if you're spacing your water out that far, what happens is the plants got dry, you know, and then they got water again. That's why they split. And it's it's the same thing with like pomegranates this time of year and some citrus splitting. So we have to be consistent on our water. And I would say probably a normal water cycle for watermelons would be about every five days. Okay, that's okay. perfect. That's in Sun City with your soil. That's not for everybody else. Listen, that's for you. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, thank you, sir. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Jeff. And you, you'll get some melons. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, Jeff in Phoenix. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, good morning. Um, I have a question about a desert willow. I, well, there's two of my I planted. I got as the SRP seedlings. Uh -huh. um, it's, they've been in the ground about two years, and they never flowered. But what they did do is they grow these big clumpy bud looking things with little short leaves that stink like skunks and i tried to text you some pictures to this phone number i don't know if you accept texts on this phone number yeah, I, uh, no uh, not on this phone number jeff but i'll tell you what if you'd like um i can have uh sure take your phone number off the air and then i'll uh okay i'll go ahead and give you a call after the show and you can send me some pictures but you know i'm not sure what they had for for Desert willows. Desert willows should be a really easy tree to grow here. The the variety that's most popular now is called Bubba, which has a deeper kind of a magenta colored flower. And um, I would expect you know, after two years, it should be an eight foot tree and have beautiful flowers on it this time of year. Yeah, and it doesn't even look right. It looks like a big shrub. And I did go down to your Gilbert's mm -hmm. and I tried communication problem, but he just said it's not handing me a copper and arborist. And for free trees, I don't know how much I want to spend on them, but if I can fix them, I'd like to. Yeah, I don't think there's anything you're going to do that's going to change their genetics, but it could be a chemical thing or something else as well, Jeff. So if you'll just hold on when we get okay. finished here, uh, I'll call you after the show and uh, you can send me some pictures, okay? Thank you very much. Hold on, Jeff. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Dennis and Glendale. But first, we have to take a short break. We'll be right back after the break with Dennis Arvin. And then it could be you. All you do is give sure a call at 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR.
Strong having fun in the summertime. Uh, beautiful morning out there. We do have two lines available. Number to call 602 277 5827. 277 KTAR. Dennis and Glendale, good morning. Good morning, Brian. I have a, uh, a Myers lemon tree and I, it's in a planter. It's des- it was designed uh, six months old, it's a young tree, tree, and it's lost its leaves. I've uh, ex- about a half of the leaves. It still is. It's green. The stems are green and everything, and it looks good except for those leaves that are missing. Okay, so it's in a container in potting soil. It's it's in a, it's it's in a planter. Yes, with some other with some flowers that are doing well. Okay, and in the, the what kind of soils in the planter? It's a mix of um, of, of regular dirt and in uh, mulch, fifty fifty. Okay, and and the other plants growing around it look pretty happy. Oh, they're really happy. I, I, they're geraniums, and they're doing really good. Geraniums still doing well, yeah. huh? Yeah, it's so kind of a is hot it pretty spot. shaded then, or no? It's not. It, it's I, I I got shade on the geraniums and the um, and now I took it off the tree, thinking maybe it's not getting enough sun. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I go, where, where's, what are we doing wrong? You know. Well, they typically prefer full sun, and geraniums are really a drought tolerant plant, but they usually burn up with the heat. Uh, so at any rate, I'm not sure how much you fertilized. Okay, it's I've, it's been oh gosh, shoot, it's been at least a month, maybe yeah, you, yeah, you closer too much. And so you say it's in a planter, it's in a raised planter that's in yes. the ground, connected yes. to the ground, right? Yes, yeah, uh-huh. okay, exactly. So it doesn't have a bottom in it; it's just in a raised planter. It is a hot spot because it's against a cement fence. But uh, what, and which side of the fence is it on? It's on the uh, south facing side. So that's a good place, actually. That's that's an ideal spot for that lemon tree. Um, I would just give it a light shot of fertilizer, and I think you'll probably find it'll start to bud back out. And it may okay. wait for the monsoon, which you know hopefully will happen in a week or two. But when Great. the humidity comes up, it should come back out. Citrus typically grow pretty well in the summertime. Make sure that the trunk on the citrus tree is protected from the sun. Yes, it's protected, yeah. Okay, so if you've got that, I think it'll pop back out. Great. Um, one other question. Can I grow uh, sunflowers from seeds in the middle of summer, this hot summer? Well, I've never tried to plant them this late. Usually I plant them in the spring and have them, you know, with, in bloom right now. It's true, so it'll be tricky, like a 50-50 chance maybe. You know, you, you could, I never, I'm never going to tell anybody no. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I've killed more plants than I, I, I. There's probably not a person that listens to this program has killed as many plants as I have. You know, because we experiment and do different things, and and sometimes you know, well, most often we learn from our failures. But, yeah, um, exactly. But I've never tried to plant you know sunflowers this late in the season. It's normally a spring crop ready for the summer. But uh, yeah. hey, we got a long summer here. Go ahead and try. I mean, the worst you're going to do is lose a few seeds. Okay. Yes. All right. Thanks, Brian. Good luck, Dennis. Bye bye. Okay. Oh, let's see. Next up, we've got Arvid. But after Arvid, we're wide open. The number to call 602 277 5827 277 KTAR. Good morning, Arvid. Hey, good morning, Brian. I I think I over scalped uh, my summer yard. Oh, and now it doesn't you, want to come you, back. You can't over scalp your summer yard, it'll come back. If it, it's Bermuda well, grass, it, right? 
It's Bermuda, yeah. Okay. And I got some patch, patches where it's dead, and, and people tell me, oh, you don't want to put down seed because your your lawn was originally a hybrid sod. Okay, well, let's, we need to kind of find out what the problem is, and it probably wasn't over-scalping. So okay. did you have a winter lawn there? Yeah, I, I well, the, yep, and it's, I don't know if I fully thatched it out. Okay. We well, it might be that you left the ryegrass, and especially this year, in just kind of too long, and it might have, you know, that basically the sod can die out because if you planted the ryegrass lawn in September and it didn't get a chance for the Bermuda grass to come back until right now because the ryegrass lasted through June because we had such nice weather, you know, it's going to take it yeah. a long time to come back. Now, okay. if it's if it's actually gone, then what you could do is you could either come back and put in new sod, okay, or you could take some sod where it's thicker and plug some into those areas. And if you wanted to seed it, you could seed it. It'll germinate and come up fast now, but it's not going to match the sod that you had, especially if you had a finer bladed sod. Because I do think I want to get, for my summer grass, I want to get to something where I can just throw seed down on it. And um, partially because I like to get out there and chip and take divots, and I want to be able to seed them back. Yeah. Well, or you can plug them back, too. Plugging okay. them back is going to be a lot easier than seeding them, where you just cut a plug out that's that's healthy out of another part and just move yeah. it around, you know. And and with Bermuda grass, usually it'll fill in. But what what the problem is, you've dinked your Bermuda grass by being too kind to the ryegrass. So that that's why your gotcha. lawn's having a problem coming back right now. So would, would you go ahead and thatch it right now to pull out all that dead rye? No, the rye's gonna. It, it's not going to affect anything. Um, Okay. So what I would do first is if, you know, you could just, air, if you want to aerate it, okay, just get an aerating yeah. machine, you know, cuts little plugs in it. Yeah. You could aerate it, throw some gypsum on it, okay, and just kick up the water. And if, if any of it's left, it's going to come back and fill in pretty quick. And then you'd also want to fertilize it. And the fastest fertilizer is like a 21-7-14 lawn food. And uh, if, if there's okay. any of the runner's rhizomes left, it's going to come back. And how, how many square feet is it? Not a lot. Uh, it's just a, a front lawn on a on a normal house. Yeah, I mean, because you could, you know, you could I always. Think it's like fifteen hundred fifteen hundred square feet tops. I yeah, I mean, if you wanted it beautiful in ten days, you could re re sod it. Just come through the sod cutter, cut the sod out, put new sod in, and then if, if you want it to stay better year round, what you need to do is plant your ryegrass in October instead of September, and kill your ryegrass okay. in April. But, you know, really killing that ryegrass in April by letting it grow long, drying it off, and then scalping it in April really helps the Bermuda grass. But, you know, a bigger part of the problem was the weather we had this year was just so darn nice, you know, in May and June that the ryegrass stayed happy. Yeah, because I did a scalp one year. I didn't have the the thatching blades for my mower. I just dropped my mower all the way down to Mm -hmm. the ground. Well, and that, you know, with uh, a healthy Bermuda grass lawn, that's not going to hurt it. Okay. You know, but, but with Bermuda grass that's dead from the rye being, you know, too dominant, that's a problem. So, you know, it, it will it will come back. If, you, if you'll just, you know, aerate it wouldn't be a bad idea. Throw in some gypsum on and fertilize it. It's going to come back because the rye is going to go away. Okay. It's gone now. I'll, I'll aerate it. I got another quick question for you. I got, I got a beautiful shade tree. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's about 30 feet tall, and I don't want to get rid of it, but it, it creates these little helicopters. I just got done with, you know, in the summer. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an ash tree. It's, a, it's a female ash tree. 
is there anything I can do to to stop it from producing those helicopters? Do I well, you know, if you go to the local hardware store, it still makes a really nice chainsaw. And you could cut but it down, I, but a, you can't stop 30, it. I know it's... <laughs> All right. You know, I'll tell you what we'll, I, 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 well, I'll tell you what we'll we'll stop it for a year, okay? Is next winter in January if you prune the tree back dramatically, then the, the new growth yeah. won't have any any seeds for the first year, but by the second year it'll have seeds back again. And it's just you got a female tree, that's all. And it, it's just a, I don't want to cut it down because it's a great shade tree and yeah. it's over 30 feet tall. Well, but, our, uh, between my wife and I, I, I didn't listen when we, whenever we uh, first, you know, had our house, you know, and she really wanted me to take this yeah. ash tree out. And it was, it was a beautiful tree, but it was a female. And finally, after yeah. about 20 years, I said, oh, yes, dear, we just cut the darn thing down. But uh, I understand your pain. But, um, you know, it's about a six-week process where they start dropping those little guys all over. And that's what happens. I got three of them. <laughs> They're all <laughs> They're female? Three yeah. Well, you got bad luck. I it's like two of the three are. <laughs> well, that's... So that's... It's, a, it's a lot of work. Getting yes. a cool filter and everything, but... Mm-hmm. Well, sir, I appreciate your time. It is what it is, but the only, there's no way to stop it. From, well, I'll tell you one thing you might do, okay? And this will work. All right. When the tree's in bloom, okay? And, and you'll notice that the flowers come out first, you know, when it, right before the leaves do. When the yeah. trees are in bloom... You could spray it with a product called Florel. Okay, and Florel yeah. is going to uh, it's going to singe the blooms basically, so that the flowers don't set. And you can spray it; it'll probably not eliminate it, but it'll probably knock out eighty percent. That sounds like a dream. And depending on what type of ash it is, whatever time it blooms, the chamois ash is going to bloom like the first of January, and a Arizona ash will bloom. Uh, more like the end of uh, February, 1st of March. But if you spray it when it's in full bloom, that will thin it down tr- uh, quite a bit. Okay. Hey, I heard you talking on yesterday that uh, kind of August, end of August is a good time to do uh, planting. I, I want to do some uh, potted plants at my at my entry, at my front door. You mean like vegetables or what kind of stuff you want to do? I want to do an uh, Arabian jasmine. So oh, you, you, you can plant it. that. Yeah, you can plant those anytime. Anytime. All yeah. right. You can even plant them now. I'd wait till the monsoon starts, but you can plant those anytime. Do you guys have pots down there at the at the nursery? Absolutely. Big pots. Yeah, we've got some big pots, right. and we have beautiful Arabian jasmines. I'll be down there to see you. All right. Thanks, Arvin. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Well, and it looks like uh, Mr. Jeff Buzz rolled into the studio, so we're going to find out what's happened in the world. In the meantime, we've got a couple lines available. Number to call is 602-277-5827. You can come back and be after Steve and Kathy on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. The romance in our hands Heaven's holding a half moon Shining just for us Let's slip off to a sad dude Real soon Kick up a little dust Come on Cactus is our
best time to be at the Oasis this time. Welcome back, folks. We do have a couple lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827-277. KTAR. Stephen Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Steve. Hi. Yeah. I have a, a two ravens ash trees that I planted at the same time. This is the third summer for them. Um, they're planted about 16 feet apart. They have all the same water schedule, fertilize schedule, and one of the trees just looks great. It's grown like crazy. The uh, the other tree, you know, it's the leaves are really green, but it doesn't get any new limbs on it, and the existing limbs don't seem to grow any bigger. Um, would that one happen to be closer kind of to a driveway or a reflected heat source, Steve? Nope, nope, nope. They're, they're they're both in the backyard. Um, one is maybe maybe ten ten feet, twelve feet away from 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 a, from a building that's got stucco side on it. Is it on the west side of the building um, or what side of the building? It is on the south side. Okay. So that building shouldn't harm it at all, then. Right. Now, now the the only thing that that I'm thinking is in my backyard, I used to have a swimming pool and we completely took all the concrete out of the swimming pool, you know, and, and, then, and then backfilled it. And the tree that looks great is planted where that swimming pool was. And the one that just doesn't seem to do, you know, you know, to, to do as good is in the, is in the native soil. And, uh, you know, uh, where we live here about 18 inches down is when you hit the, you know, hit the, Caliche. Well, and that's the total difference, Steve. You know, one of them's in paradise. You know, somebody's jackhammered out that caliche and they built that big, nice place that you filled full of wonderful soil where the pool was. And the other one's sitting uh-huh. on top of the caliche. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's, that's going to make a huge difference of, to those two trees. That's kind of what I thought maybe it was. You know, so when I, when I planted it, I did did you know you know dig a pretty darn big deep hole but mm-hmm. but you know when you're digging in caliche you're going to do so much well see let me ask you so the caliche how deep is it below the grade where it starts uh, it's about uh, 18 inches okay so yeah really the only chance that other tree's got to do is it's going to have to spread more roots on top of the ground on top of the caliche uh-huh. so what i would start doing uh-huh. is watering that tree in a lot wider area Okay, and fertilizing okay. a lot wider area and trying to encourage those roots to spread more on top of the caliche. And uh, okay. that, that can okay. make a difference for you. Okay, yeah. You know, like I said, the, you know, the, the, and, and, and also it's, it's interesting that the tree that isn't as good is always like three weeks behind the other tree when it, get, when it gets its leaves and when, it, and when the leaves start turning. Well, they might not both be. They both have the same narrow leaf. You're sure that they're both redwoods? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were both got at the same time and everything, mm-hmm. and, and uh, um, yeah. So okay. But that, so, that's the best so I can be, recommend uh, to you is that you'll you know water it on a lot bigger, wider area, fertilize it more, okay. and try to get those roots to spread. How, how often do you water them? Uh, right now. I'm and I got a I got a brim brim around like four foot diameter, mm-hmm. and and then I let the water run for about about an hour. You know, it fills it, it fills that you know water slow. It fills that brim up. Okay. To where it's 
just wanting want to go out beyond the, beyond the brim. And how often are you doing that? Uh, right now, I'm doing like every eight days. Okay. Uh, I doing so like let, let's 10. just, uh, you know, on that one that's got the, the suffering more, let's make the well wider. Okay. Let's water it twice as often as the other one. Let's fertilize it, not now, okay. but when the monsoon starts, give a little citrus fertilizer, and then we're going to give it uh-huh. a little help. Okay. All right. Okay, all right. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. Uh, Kathy in North Phoenix. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Hi. I have my uh, I have a Hong Kong orchid that uh, it was growing beautifully green, and then like within the last week or two, probably the last week, all of a sudden all the leaves just started dropping okay um i just wasn't sure if it was just the heat well it is it's just changing its leaves kathy and it's a hong kong orchid but what's nice about hong kong orchids they love the heat so it's going to come back and rebud in fact i bet if you go look at it right now you'll see some new buds coming back out on it and uh it'll replace all those leaves and they do shed their leaves and change their leaves sometimes even twice a year but i I think you'll find that the new growth will come out and fill it in Uh, how often are you watering it um, with all my other trees, I probably get to it about every six days and okay. just do a slow water overnight. Mm-hmm. And that's plenty of water. And, uh, you know, you can go ahead and fertilize a Hong Kong orchid this time of year, too. Uh, it, it's, you know, like I say, it's really a tree that does like the heat. You know, it's a tropical tree. And so the heat's not going to bother it. I would wait, you know, a week or so, maybe we'll get this monsoon started. Go ahead and feed it and it'll refill in and, and put out all brand new foliage. And within three or four weeks, it'll look beautiful again. Okay, and I have some leftover citrus fruit. Mm-hmm. Can I use that on Absolutely, that'd be fine. Okay. All right, perfect. Thank you. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see, that leaves us with some open lines, folks, and number to call for Miss Shira here, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Next up, we have Lynette down in Florence. Hi, Lynette. <laughs> Hello, Brian. Hi. I'm calling you. Hi. I'm calling you about my bougainvillea. Okay. I planted it about a gallon pot, gallon container, about six months ago in a raised three-foot bed, and it's been doing good. And now all of a sudden the leaves are turning white. Well, some of them might be burning. Is it getting like western sun? Um, It's on the west side of the house, but Mm -hmm. it's between the wall and the house, and it's only like about a 10-foot area, so it gets sun from about 11 to 2. Okay. I I think this is some of those young, tender leaves are just burning from the heat. How often do you water it, Lynette? Um, I water it with the hose about twice a week because of the raised flower bed. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't fed it at all. Okay. Go ahead and feed it as soon as the monsoon starts. Okay. And is your soil that it's in, is it pretty light like potting soil? Yeah, it was potting soil and then some garden soil mixed in, but mostly potting soil. So it's going to take a little bit more water until it gets rooted down into the ground and the real dirt. Okay. That potting soil. And also that potting soil is using up any kind of uh, nitrogen or fertilizer it's going to have. Um, So if you'd feed it a little bit, that's going to help it a lot too. And when the monsoon starts, it should really crank and grow fast. So, you know, go ahead and feed it and, uh, you know, water it pretty deep when you water it because, you know, that water is going right through that soil. It's just not holding any moisture. And I think it'll come back out and be fine. Yeah, it like starts on the edge and then it takes over the whole leaf and then it just dries up 
Like you can just scrunch it with your hands. Yeah, it's just probably hot and sunburning, and you know, and it really doesn't. You started with a little one gallon, so it doesn't have a very big root system yet. And uh, okay. you can even water it more. You know, if we're watering one gallon bougainvilleas in the nursery, we're watering them every day. And by having them in that planter with that light soil mix you have, it's almost like still being in the container because it's not really had a time to really grow and root very deep yet. All right, and it started about three weeks ago with the heat, so. Yeah, when it's something about 110 that people aren't as happy as some of them. <laughs> now, if it was a Mexican bird of paradise, it'd be real happy. But no, bougainvilleas, even though they like the heat, they're going to need more water because it's, you know, it started young. Okay, miracle growth okay with it? miracle growth's fine, just moderation. That's not too much at one time. And you could, you know, feed it every three, four weeks with miracle Grow. Okay, all right, great. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Lynette. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Sandra at Desert Hills. But if you'd like to be after Sandra, now is the perfect time to give Shira a call. We're only going to have about 10 minutes when we get back. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Sunday morning, want to take a minute to invite you out to Whitfields. In Whitfields, we grow trees. They were all started by my grandparents and my, some of my best friends in life, you know. But back on Glendale Avenue, in our original store at 824 East Glendale, we grow trees all kinds, all sizes, and continue now for four generations. We deliver, plan, guaranteed. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. And we started off growing citrus, but now we grow Arizona's largest grower of palm trees from commercial palm trees. If you need dates or Mexican fans or California fans to maybe a beautiful little sago for your patio. If you're looking for citrus, uh, we grow all kinds right here in the valley. And we've got beautiful 15-gallon trees and uh, and larger, all the way up to 24, 36-inch box trees. And in fact, if you have a development, you need some lemon trees. we got a great deal I could make you on some 48-inch lemons because we're changing varieties in one of our groves. But whatever your dreams are, if it's a tree for mom, it's shade for your after afternoon to take that sun away this time of year. Perfect time to plant desert trees, palms, and citrus. We'll do the digging. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale in the East Valley of Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 26470 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Woodfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Uh, let's see. Back to the phones. We have Sandra in Desert Hills. Good morning. Good morning. Um, it's actually a pest question, not a plant question. I'm hoping you could give us a hand. We'll certainly um, try, Sandra. We've got some pests around this town. Uh, we're fighting. 
battlefoot kangaroo rats. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a few infestations in the house. We can't and don't want to use poison. We have nesting owls near there. So we've been doing live traps mm-hmm. and then taking them, you know, five, ten miles away and releasing them. Um, is there anything we can, I hear all kinds of stuff, put stuff down the hole, you know, hot sauce, whatever, and they don't like that. Is is there really anything we can dump down the holes to kind of discourage them from coming back or... Well, k- kangaroo rats usually won't go in the house. So if you have, have you know rats in the house, you probably have some roof rats too. No, it's all outside. Okay, so it's all out in the yard, and they're just they're having towns everywhere. So, so are they ground squirrels or kangaroo rats? Uh, kangaroo rats. So you see we, them uh, only at nighttime, right? They have long tails. Yep. Okay. We put them on camera. We've caught, you know, we're at like 22 of them now that we've caught in the lake. <laughs> well, the, so. desert's full, the desert's full of food. And, um, yeah. you know, so if you if you wanted to kill them in a way that uh, that wouldn't be toxic to a predator that ate them, okay, you might try using some, like, juicy fruit bubble gum. And I've not tried oh, okay. that on those. I know it works on gophers, but, you know, if you're feeding them in with some, you know, you could attract them into an area and feed them and then uh, add a little juicy fruit. That can plug them up. It works on gophers anyway. I haven't tried to okay. do it on the kangaroo rats. And, you know, kangaroo rats are, you know, well, you're so close here in town, like out at our farm in Hyder, we had lots of them before. And then our population with the droughts the last few years has been way down. But, you know, the weather we've had this past year is wonderful for rodents. And um, and may, maybe you need to get your own little terrier or perhaps a cat. Uh, yeah, but being way up in Desert Hills, usually those don't last very long with the coyotes up there. Well, it depends on how smart they are. And if they have a small dog door to get in, it's not a big one, so they can run in and get away. But, you know, the thing with, uh, obviously, with sometimes the smaller dogs get a little too brave, and that doesn't fare well for yeah. them. But, um, no, not with owls and coyotes, though. So. <laughs> no, well, the owls aren't going to get the dogs, but the uh, the coyotes can. And uh, yeah. you know, the, the problem is your coyotes are being lazy. They're not doing their job. They're supposed to be eating all the rats. Oh, I know. I'm like, I know they can jump the fence, but. Oh, yeah. No problem. <laughs> There's too many rabbits probably for them to be munching on. Them well, there, you so. know, I think as the summer progresses, you know, we've had such a plethora of rodents out in the desert this year because of all the great weather, you know, that. um uh-huh. I, I think the predators are going to start to catch up here as summer comes along, but certainly seen a lot more coyotes this year around too. And uh, you yeah. know, it would be your best friend if you, somehow you could have a bobcat move into your yard. And the cool part with oh, the bobcats cool. is that, well, the bobcats stay. You know, they have a little territory they stay in, and uh, yeah. and they're amazing. But um, yeah. no, I, I think you're kind of doing the right thing, you know, by trapping them. Okay. And I don't, I don't know yeah. what much else to offer you that would be a you know a good good way to do it i mean you know you could catch them in, in, in lethal traps too you know if you wanted to do that yeah but. yeah the, the the live traps are working i mean we're consistently get we got five traps out we're getting one or two a night <laughs> just taking them a long ways away but uh i, I might give the juicy fruit a try as well well give it a try i'm not sure let us know okay sounds good Thank thanks you. andrew bye-bye of course, the problem with that, you're not going to really know because they're going to go out there and die and the coyote will get them. Uh, uh, Khalil at, uh, in Phoenix, good morning. Yes, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I was uh, going to ask you about a mission 
uh, fig tree that we have planted. I think this is the third tree that we have planted. And just about this time of the year, of course, with 105, 10 degrees, all the leaves start to shriveling up and browning and dying. So we try to uh, water them. Sometimes they say that it's, it's overwater. Sometimes they say it's underwater. Khalil, so where, it's where, where do you different. live on cross streets? I live in Ahwatukee, very at the very end of cul-de-sac, against the South Mountain over there. We get the westerly sun. Okay, is your, and, is your soil uh, pretty rocky at your house, Khalil? Uh, it actually is, but the surrounding area where we dug and had the plants... Uh, um, it's we sold it up pretty good. So okay. yes, but yes, it is. Well, here, here's what I would do for the rest of the summer, okay? Because it's once you have it established, it's going to be fine. But you've got to have it make it through the summer first. So right now, what I would do is put up some stakes and put a piece of shade cloth over it, and uh, you know, like some fifty percent shade or at least thirty percent shade. And you want to err on the side of being pretty wet, so you want to water it probably at least twice a week. And then you might give it a little bit of organic fertilizer like fish emulsion or maybe some chicken manure like to pelletize chicken manure for now. And then this winter time, you know, in January, you want to dig a big well around it and you want to incorporate like a bag of uh, cow manure and blend it into your soil. Okay, and that's going to really build up your, your soil a lot. And if we can get the tree growing, you know, next spring where it's going to grow really fast, then the tree can get big enough and strong enough and healthy enough. It'll, it'll do well. But for right now, it's, it's battling and it's, 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 it's tough weather for it. So if you would put up like four stakes and a shade cloth over it and air on the side of being wet, water pretty heavy twice a week. Okay. And a light dose of organic fertilizer. I, I think you'll be okay. And if you make it through now, then you could fertilize it again pretty heavy the first part of October and then come back and really work that whole soil up this winter. I don't want to see you do the soil this time of year because you might have too much salt from the manure. But if you'll put the manure in and do that in the wintertime when it's dormant, I think it'll root out and be healthy enough next summer. You won't have this problem. Oh, okay. And in, in terms of watering, um, we have it on the drip system 45 minutes every two days. Is that the wrong thing? Well, to I do don't or? know how much water your drip system puts out. Okay. But if, was it a 15 yeah. gallon tree? Uh, yes, it was. A, it's a good size. Yes. 15 gallon tree about, uh, uh, over six foot tall okay. and about two two inch in girth. So yes. you want you want to give it about fifteen gallons of water, and if your ground's draining real fast every tape two days isn't too much. Hold on, I'm going to give you some more information off the air. Okay, Floyd and Pam and Sun Lakes, I'll take you off of the air as well, folks, and um, let's just keep working together and being friends. And you know what a beautiful place and wonderful country we live in, and it's certainly great to be here. Thanks for all the participation in the program today. Come out and see us in the nursery. Uh, Love y'all as friends, and let's love each other and work together. We'll see you next Sunday here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday on KTAR.